Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of the book of Ephesians. This week's study is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. We must stand for the sufficiency of the gospel when dealing with the sin of racism and most of the ways it is being addressed in our world. What the gospel did to reconcile the Jews and the Gentiles is the same thing we need to apply to the sin of racism. The gospel is sufficient, but we are faced with a growing number of people who do not act as if they believe that. This sermon will conclude with several observations concerning the social justice movement and what is now called anti-racism. Please listen to today's slice of this week's message entitled, He Put to Death the Enmity. Well, come back with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And today we're going to continue for what turns out to be the third of what I anticipate to be four visits to the paragraph, which is Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. The pattern we're following is to bite off a few verses from this section and then consider some modern-day implications of this profound passage. The label I came with last time will continue to be a bit of a theme. We need to stand for the sufficiency of the gospel. Just as we speak of the sufficiency of Scripture, it has everything we need for life and godliness. The sufficiency of Christ, the one and only sacrifice for sin. The sufficiency of the gospel refers to the fact that Christ is the only true solution to the things that divide us. And nowadays that is running rampant under the label racism. Friends, we have the answer. And we have the only sufficient answer in Christ. Now, you probably have caught on if you've been here very long. I, I try to get the titles of my sermon from the text whenever possible, whenever practical. And I try to make my outlines be indicative of the structure of the text. The outline part was really easy this week. The title part, well, I came up with and I published, He Put to Death the Enmity. Or it could have been, the hatred is gone, or one new man, or reconcile them both in one body, or through Him we have our access, because those are all in the text, and they would all equally well describe what we're talking about today. Now, today we're going to bite off a whopping four verses, 15, 16, 17, and 18, and it wasn't hard to outline these. We can look at the ancient alienation, verses 15 and 16, and then the all-embracing access. Now, that is basolo-worthy alliteration to nail it that well. Um, let's look at it 
together. First of all, the ancient alienation. Verses 15 and 16 explain to us that the source of the separation between Jew and Gentile was the law. And that's the pattern for reconciliation. If you can figure out how to reconcile people across that divide, centuries long, totally ingrained on both sides of the divide, you understand the answer for any divide that we can come up with. Well, we need to start reading at verse 14 to, to get a full sentence. We broke it up by stopping at verse, after verse 14 last time. But the sentence is verses 14 through 16. For He Himself is our peace, that was a sermon title, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Well, that was a sermon title too. By abolishing in His flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in Himself He might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having put to death the enmity. Now, in the temple in Israel, there was a barrier. The whole temple structure enclosed the court of the Gentiles, the largest part of the temple grounds. And then inside that was the the holy place, and that's where only Jews could go. And that's where the real work of the priest was done. And then inside that, the holy of holies. And there was that veil between the holy of holies and the holy place. And then there was that that, that barrier into the holy place. And remember last week, I, I read you the translation of the sign that was there. If you're a Gentile, you can't come any further. And if you do, your death is your own fault. Uh, That was the barrier of the dividing wall. And that that literal barrier in the temple is also emblematic of all of the barriers between Jew and Gentile. Now, under the old covenant, the the law of Moses, pre-Christ, picture Jews on one side of a wall, Picture Gentiles on the other side of the wall, and the wall is the law. All of those commandments contained in ordinances, all the regulations of worship that God gave to Israel to keep them separated from the nations of the world. Now, Christ has come. Salvation is for all. He calls out to those who are near, the Jews, and those who are far away, the Gentiles, you can all come to me by faith in my Son. So in the New Covenant, the picture is Jews and Gentiles together, surrounded by a wall that separates them from all harm with Christ at the center. Both Jew and Gentile drawn to Him within the wall. Now, Paul describes the enmity or the hatred between the two groups as the law of commandments contained in ordinances. The purpose of the law that was given through Moses to regulate the worship of God's chosen people, the nation of Israel, and to regulate their lives sufficiently to keep them spiritually distinct from the ungodly nations, that became the wall. Sadly, what was meant to be a positive influence for, uh, for holiness 
and an awareness of the power and the holiness of God, that was turned into the barrier of the dividing wall. Now, that word abolishing means nullifying or rendering inoperative. Uh, In its grammatical form, which is an aorist participle for the two of you that understand that, that means that he did this once for all. Having abolished it, he has made peace. And Jesus did this in his flesh. He took on a body so that he could die to pay the penalty for sins. And remember when Jesus died and that veil in the temple between the Holy of Holies and the holy place that was torn in two from from top to bottom, that signified the end of the era of the law. He, He abolished all of the Old Testament ceremonial laws, all of the feasts, all of the the, the blood sacrifices, those things which so separated Jews from Gentiles. Now, I'll take you on a very small side trip. One little side note, you read here that he was uh, 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 abolishing the wall, abolishing the barrier. Well, you need to understand that in harmony with the famous words that he spoke in the Sermon on the Mount. I have to say this because some of you have a memory you can recall a year ago when we were in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 17 and 18. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. So, which is it? Did he abolish it or not? Well, Jesus didn't dodge any of it. He didn't alter any of it. He didn't erase any of the moral law of God. Neither did he ignore the prescribed sacrifices for sin. What he did was He fulfilled them all. He lived a perfect life, and He became the once-for-all sacrifice for sin for all time. So He fulfilled it all. Those were all pictures looking toward the Savior. All of the purpose of the law was to show us our sin and our need for a Savior. The Savior came, and, and He fulfilled it all. The rest of Matthew 5, after that, is several examples of how Jesus fulfilled the moral requirements of the law, and He helps us to understand, to deal with the realities of sin in our hearts. Now, read Romans. Well, toss in Galatians. Better throw in Colossians. Don't miss Hebrews. Not to mention our passage in Ephesians. They all tell us that He rendered those sacrificial laws obsolete because He fulfilled them. He fulfilled all the requirements and then died as the perfect sacrifice for the penalty for sin. So what He abolished was the enmity because He fulfilled the requirements and lived that perfect sinless life. So now you and I, when we come to Him by grace through faith, we get His perfect righteousness applied to our account. So thus the law is rendered inoperative, the barrier is abolished because it's all fulfilled in 
Christ. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.